Should we pray before I crack into this while you're all standing? Love what Matt brought there. Sobering, but important. We're um, stepping into a theme for the year that we're calling Step Into the Flow. And there's this picture, isn't there, that comes out from the altar in the temple and starts small but gets bigger and wider and deeper. And it's like these issues we've been praying into there are, are deep, wide issues. But we're part of the solution. So Lord, I pray that this morning decisions would be made. You would challenge us, convict us, cause us to make a choice this morning to say, I am stepping into the flow. I am going to play my little part in your big picture. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here to move amongst us, to change our minds, to get us on your page. And as a church, Lord God, we choose to do it together because together we achieve so much more and you command your blessing. And all God's people said, amen. amen. As you touch, as you sit down, give someone an elbow bumper so this is going to be good. Turn to the person behind you and say, I hope you've got your ears open. So awesome. Okay, I'm going to start um, our messages, um, which I'm calling Step Into The Flow. So this is Step Into The Flow, part one. And uh, really, I'm excited about how this is going to pan out through the year. Uh, I'm really excited, not wishing the year away at all, but I'm really excited to get to December 2022 and look back and go, look what we did. Look who we impacted. Look who met Jesus because of us. Look whose life's in a better place because of us. I'm excited about that. But so much of that hangs on your desire and my desire to be available to the purposes of God. Otherwise, it's just words on a page and a concept. But if we actually desire to say, I want to play my part, if there's a conviction in our hearts that stems from this, Jesus went to the cross for me. Jesus went to the cross for you. He didn't think about it, talk about it, pray about it, make a plan about it. He did it. And he went there and said, it is finished. Whatever comes against you in the life, in your life, is defeated by Jesus. You can run free because of Jesus. You have hope in your heart because of Jesus. You have a great future because of Jesus. And if we can grasp that and get it in here, the whole point of this theme this year is that we can take that to someone else. Because Jesus wants to meet other people. Jesus wants other people to have this same revelation you've got. It's his biggest dream. I will build my church full of great people having this revelation of who I really am. If you can be motivated by that, then we will form a stream that goes out of our church and touches the lives of many. Is there an amen somewhere in the house? We're using Ezekiel chapter 47 as our theme. Now it's 12 verses, and don't worry, I'm not going to read this every single week, but because it's our first message on this topic, I'm going to read all 12 verses. So buckle down, here we go. Ezekiel 47, 1 through 12. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. 
As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand. And now it was a river that we could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. Remember that word bank, it's going to be important later. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it enters into the Dead Sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live there wherever the rivers flow. There will be a large number of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Come on. Fishermen will stand along the shore from the Engedi to the Engleim. There will be places for spreading nets. Businesses will succeed. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. That's verse 11. It's an interesting little verse there. I challenge you to think about that. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both, both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be served for food and their leaves for healing. Come on, what a great theme. I mean, I don't need to unpack the imagery there too much, do I, for you to think, come on, that's, that's what a great vision. To see the church going out in a flow that brings life and health and hope and happiness and it just gets deeper and deeper and wider and wider and the impact is greater and it brings life. Come on, we can do that church. That is God's mandate for people like me and you. Now, with most prophecies, probably all prophecies in fact, a prophet will see in the now but there's also this impact that is greater in the later. And here we see Ezekiel having this revelation that God wants to do something now, but actually when Jesus comes, it gets deeper and wider and more powerful. Who knows that, biblically speaking, water is often a representative of the Holy Spirit. So here we have this water, the Holy Spirit, gushing out of the temple, bringing life to dead spaces. So in the light of this idea of water coming out of the temple, which is a picture of the Holy Spirit bringing life everywhere, let's consider Jesus' words here. In John chapter 4, Jesus answered, this is when he's speaking to the woman at the well. You know the story, he goes to the well, the woman is there in the heat of day, no one wants to be around her. He says, will you give me a drink? He shouldn't even be talking to her, but Jesus just likes to break all the rules, that's why we love him. And this is what he says. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Can you see this picture that's developing now? Here we see Ezekiel seeing this water running out of the temple bringing life. And then we have Jesus talking to this woman saying, Yeah, but what I want to do for you is put that water in you so it forms a well in you and springs out to eternal life. Can you see the links? It gets better. John chapter 7. Verses 37 and 38. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. I think when Jesus is talking in a loud voice, he wants us to hear it. Jesus said in a loud voice, 
Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Can you see this picture developing now? Ezekiel saw this great picture which is inspiring. Jesus comes and just makes it even more inspiring. Come to me because I've got this water. And if you'll just believe it, I'm going to cause this river to well up in you like a spring and flow out of you. That picture suggests to me a few things. That we're picturing this Holy Spirit rush coming out of the temple. But in Jesus' words, the Holy Spirit is held in who? Us. So actually, is the picture that we need to get out of the temple in a flow, taking the Holy Spirit with us, which is actually the picture that Ezekiel's talking of. Is the river, me and you, saying, Lord, I need you, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Do something in me so that a river flows in me, and I'm prepared to get out of the temple. And if we do that together, we have a flow. Are you with me? That is why in December when we look back, it's all going to hang on the decision you make. The Holy Spirit is willing. Jesus is on the edge of his seat. Come on, church, is this the year you're actually going to do something? Come on, church, is this the year? Is this the year? Come on, you've got it, you've got it, you've got it. And is this the year, Equippers Church Essex, where we say yes? Is this the year you say yes? I'm not hearing many yeses. I'm getting excited about it. But the truth of the matter is, people all around the world, all this compassion stuff we've been praying about this morning, need you to say yes. You've got to say yes. Because we're the river, carrying the Holy Spirit in us. And our gathering places are so important because we spur each other on. We encourage each other. We prophesy over each other. We together come and touch the heart of the Father in worship. It's inspiring. But then we go. We go out together, taking the flow so that people's lives will be transformed with life because of who and what you carry. Are you with us? Just as an aside, as I love these prophetic pictures that develop all through the word, we know that Jesus went to the cross and he's mocked and jeered. And even in that moment, he said, Father, forgive them. Just that wows me right there. But when he passed, they shoved a spear through his side, didn't they? And what happened? Blood and then water flowed from his body. Can you see where I'm going with this? You see, that proved he was dead. So in historical terms, no one can debate ever that our Jesus went to the cross and died because blood and water came out. So in the natural, that's important. By the way, there are so many testimonies of people seeing Jesus when he got up. It's not debated really in history. People want to put it aside, but there's too much evidence that he died and too much evidence that he rose again. It is true, and I'm living on that. But here's the thing. The blood flowed, and blood is what cleanses me and you. So that when our Father in heaven looks down at me and you, he doesn't see the mess that we sometimes create. He looks through the blood of Jesus and sees the perfection of Jesus in you. That's just like, come on, what a place to live from. The blood of Jesus cleansing me from the rubbish in my life. But then the water flows. This picture of the Holy Spirit coming out saying, it begins. Not only has it finished, it begins can you see these pictures of water developing? Love the imagery in it all. 
So let's get on with this message. I feel like um, people pay a premium to live with the water view. Anyone familiar with the location sandbanks on the south coast of our nation? People pay millions just to have their property on the waterfront. If you step back two roads from the waterfront, you can pretty much half the price. Get a waterfront view, they'll pay a premium for it. Who knows, if you go to Mersey, just up the road here, and you've got one of the waterfront properties, you can double the price. Am I speaking the truth? Because there's this waterfront picture, and it's just like, we love it, don't we? Even right here, there's the river just next to us. You will pay a, pay a premium to buy one of the houses which overlooks the river. It's just that bit more. And what that says something to me, and this is what it says. There is something in our nature, naturally, which gravitates and grabs hold of something that is true spiritually. You see, we love to see the water flow. It's peaceful. There is something about water, isn't there? We like to go to the beach and see the waves crashing. We like to go and sit by a river and watch it go past. It's relaxing. It is true. It brings peace. So it is something that we're experiencing and desiring in the natural just actually a shadow of what's true spiritually. When we get in the flow of the Holy Spirit, it brings peace. Peace you can't get anywhere else. It is calming. You might be in the thick of a storm in your life where there's all kinds of issues going around you, but the Holy Spirit is there giving you this unbelievable peace. And there's something in the natural that is reflected in something in the, in the spiritual. So if people are prepared to pay a premium to buy a house which overlooks water, how much would they pay to, live me, to watch me and you flowing like a river? They want it. People want it. People need to and want to see the church flowing with the Holy Spirit. But you can't buy it. People living in a way that's bringing the solutions of heaven to the issues of earth. People flowing with heaven to bring life wherever we go. People flowing with heaven to create opportunities for people to work and succeed and be happy all around us. What would people pay for that? We're not asking them to pay. We're just asking them to watch what happens when the church starts to flow. And would you join in with us? What an opportunity we have in this coming year. What a mandate for me and you to represent Jesus in flowing out of the temple, bringing life wherever we go. You see, when you're in the flow, you get heaven's perspective much clearer. It's so easy, isn't it, to watch the news, listen to the news, talk to people, hear everyone's opinion and get clouded what's going on. But when you're in the flow, you get heaven's perspective. And who knows, God is going to turn whatever the devil meant for bad for mine and yours good. And so you can get in the flow. Here's the thing, if getting in the flow is so important, and we believe it is, there's always a contest. We have an enemy, Satan, which means adversary, we have an enemy that wants the exact opposite. He wants me and you completely out of the flow. So how, how tell me if I'm true here, when you start thinking, yes, Pastor Barry, yes, yeah, I want to get in the flow, and come Wednesday, it's really hard to get in the flow. Stuff goes on, challenges come, things get said. You, 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 we've got to make a choice. And it's a fight, and it's a choice to stay in the flow. And you know our enemy's greatest tool? It's a whisper. Oh, you know, that was good on Sunday, wasn't it? I felt stirred on Sunday by what Pastor Barry said. And on Tuesday, you wake up and think, what is I going to do? I'm going to read my Bible today. Does it really matter? Why don't you just start tomorrow? 
I'll have another cup of coffee and roll over have half hour. Oh yeah, I'll start tomorrow, I'll start tomorrow. Who knows tomorrow never comes. And what was the powerful weapon used? A whisper. He's never changed his tactics. In the garden, God says, just to show me you honor me, just don't eat from that tree. But then comes the whisper. Don't eat from that tree. Did God really say that? And then you start thinking and justify, oh yeah, and we know how it panned out. The whisper is always going to be there. Whatever you decide on the back of today's message, I encourage you, fight for it. Fight for it. Come on, where are the Christian men and women who are going to fight for some stuff, stand for some stuff, and not listen to the whisper, which is so easy, just to go, oh, start tomorrow. Come on! People need you to fight for some stuff. There are people in your world who need you to get in the flow, because when you get in the flow, life's going to happen. Hope's going to happen. Provision's going to happen. Or we listen to the whisper and we'll put it off to another day. Come on, church. Could we be accountable to each other? I don't know who's in your world, but I think one of the strengths of, of church is accountability. Is there someone you can go to who said, you know, on the back of that message, this is what I'm committing to. I want to up my spiritual game. I want to get in the flow. I want to make a decision and take some steps towards it. And then say, will you ask me? So come Wednesday, you're getting a text from Io. How's your prayer life going? Have you read those things you were going to read? Have you been listening to the worship? And you're sitting there going, oh, but the accountability helps you. Can you see? It's no one judging each other. It's helping each other get into the flow. Are you with me? So I want to look at two areas today that I think hinder flow. And there are lots, so this isn't, you know, all-consuming. But I want to look at blockages, and I want to look at the idea of having no banks. Now, who knows in terms of flow, blockage is an issue. In our house, we have uh, quite an old-school boiler. Um, I'm in a WhatsApp group on our estate, and it feels like after about 20 years, everyone's boiler's starting to pack up as it's still going, praise the Lord. But we have signed up to a, to a package with the company Baxey, who look after our boiler. And once a year, they come and service it, and if it ever goes wrong, they'll turn up and fix it for us. And they've looked after it. It's been brilliant. And so um, two years ago, it was our yearly service on our great, big, huge monstrosity of a boiler, which serves the house well. And um, this, this guy came in. I've never seen him before. I've seen some of the other technicians, and they came in. And I have to be honest, I looked at him and thought, what have I got here? <laughs> I thought, oh, dear, this, I'm not sure about this one. He was clearly a young lad. He was a bit, you know, was a bit unkept. And the others all turned up a bit professional, and he was a bit running late, and his hair was all over the gaff. And... Oh, he was just a bit of a mess, and I thought, oh, okay, but he's just doing a service. So he comes in, didn't take his shoes off. Oh. <laughs> Rude, I tell thee. <laughs> I didn't offer him a cup of tea. Um, so he, anyway, he, he comes upstairs, and one of the things they do, and I assume this is standard, is they turn the hot tap on and let the hot tap run so that the boiler kicks up and he can see it's working okay. So he says, okay to start the tap? Yeah, I'll start the tap. He started the tap, he's, he's cracking on. I relented and went downstairs to making him a cup of tea. And um, then I could hear, I could hear the, the, the sink going and then the noise changed. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Oh, so I've gone upstairs and I've looked into the bathroom and I kid you not, there is three inches of water over all of our bathroom floor because there was a blockage in the sink, which Tweedledee had not noticed. I thought to myself, I've got one of Chuckle Brothers in here. I, was, I, I didn't know whether, 
I didn't know whether to get a towel and mop it up or get my swimming shorts on. I was just, I was all over the place. But this guy, he just, he was literally standing next to it. He was about two paces away from the sink and he hadn't noticed. It was pouring out for about 15 minutes. It was everywhere. It was about that deep. It came to the point out you have to, you can drive underneath our house to get into our car park. And the water was flowing through the lights underneath our house. It was like, and I took videos of it because I thought, I'm having this guy. He's done that. But here's the thing, he hadn't noticed the blockage. Blockage caused a backflow and it caused problems. Blockage causes problems. In, in the river along the side here, which I was talking to you about earlier, there's a lock. And every so often they'll, they'll block it up and I don't understand the whys and wherefores, but there's a reason they do that. So these houses that pay this premium to live watching this lovely water flow, every so often they put a block up. And I took a photo of it last week as I was considering this message and I think the, the photo will come up. There you go. When the blockage comes up, are you going to pay a premium to look at that? It blocks up, it goes green, sludgy, and by the way, smells. And so blockage causes problems. It's the opposite of flow. It does the opposite of bring life. So I'm wondering in terms of a spiritual sense, what could cause blockage? And I, this isn't a complete list, but I just want to throw some thoughts out there to get you thinking. The first one I want to suggest is sin. Have a look at this verse. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run uh, the race with perseverance, the race marked out for us. See, when I looked at that word entangles, it, it got me picturing what was going on in our plug hole that made it block up. And I'm going to suggest that I've got two ladies in my house with long hair. <laughs> no names mentioned, Sarah Evie. Oh, sorry. And, uh, you know, you pull this little bit of the plug out and you can see all this hair wound up. Now, me and Josh, definitely not me and Josh, hair not long enough, so um, anyway. It was all round there. And then, I don't know if it's in your plug too, but when you spit out the toothpaste, the toothpaste never dissolves properly, does it? So there was this great big sludge caused by hair and toothpaste which had entangled the plug and caused the blockage. And here we have that word, sin which so easily entangles. It's like we live lives where we get things wrong and it just kind of binds us up and causes us blockage from flowing. Can you see the picture? The thing with sin, let's talk about sin. It's not a popular word, I appreciate it, but sin ultimately means this, it means missing the mark. Put your hand up if you've ever in your life missed the mark. There you go. We're in good company. We're in good company. Okay? Sometimes I think we talk about sin and it makes you feel like you're the worst person in the history of the planet. No, no. We all miss the mark. We miss the mark. But it's things like speaking out of turn, speaking in harsh tones, judging people quickly. Those habits you have when no one's watching. Sin. People have these issues, but I want you to grasp God's heart on this issue because it's empowering. He sent Jesus to go to the cross for the forgiveness of sins, for the forgiveness of my sins and your sins. And he went to the cross and he unblocks the entanglement. And it is done for all time and forever for people like you and people like me. Can I say it like this? You are forgiven. 
what Jesus did on the cross is enough for you to flow freely. Can I, can I back it up even more? As you go, Back in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12, it says this, This is the heart of God, for I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. That's my God. My trouble is I remember my sins. And I'm beating myself up for things that God's not even thinking about because he's forgotten them. I don't remember them anymore. Can you see that? But in a religious context, and a church context, we have this battle with it then because then we start thinking, well, well then, if I'm forgiven and God's not remembering anything, I'll do what I want then. Seems good to me. Do whatever I want because I'm forgiven. Here's the thing. If you choose to do whatever you want, does it make your life better? Sin. That habit you've got on the sly. Do you feel good about yourself when you do that or not? Seeing people get absolutely smashed off their face. At the end of that, do they feel good about it or bad? People who sleep around everywhere. At the end of it, do they actually feel good about it or not? And you unpack each individual thing that you might consider sin... And it doesn't make your life better. But then suddenly we have this weird mentality with them. Well, I'll do what I want. But it doesn't make your life better. Living God's way makes your life better. But here's what I want you to grasp in it all. God looks at you and he has given you a choice to make now. His forgiveness empowers you to live differently. His forgiveness doesn't empower you to live worse. Because I remember my Jesus went to a cross and said, Barry Roberts... You're on my mind right now. I'm doing this for you. You're forgiven. When I think of that, that makes me want to do my best to live better, not do my best to live worse. And so therefore, when I mess up, I am forgiven. But I don't choose every day to on purpose mess up. I choose on purpose every day to live my best, knowing that when I get it wrong, he got it right. Can you see? There's this balance going on. But I want you to know this. There will be a whisper in your head saying, God couldn't use you. Have you seen how you think? Have you seen what you say? Have you seen that habit? How? What's the point of you getting in the flow? You're no good. But I want to tell you, you are forgiven. So on that forgiveness, how about today make a choice to challenge yourself in whatever area is going through your mind, and there will be one, I'm sure. Say, so come on, this week I'm doing better because I'm going to honor my Jesus, and it will help me unblock and get in the flow. That sin that entangles me is not going to win. I want to say this, blockage doesn't have the last say. Jesus has the last say. It's time to flow again. Amen, church? Touch the person next to you say, come on, it's time to flow again. Another thing that I want you to consider which can cause blockage your history. Your history. <laughs> I got a no from the front. <laughs> when things you've tried have gone wrong and failed, where you put yourself out there and actually got hurt, when you've looked foolish, those things tend to stick to us, don't they? You might do 10 amazing, brilliant things which go really, really well, but the one thing you'll remember is where it went wrong. Why are we like that? I know we are, but we are. And they stick. And so when you get an opportunity, we're talking about getting in the flow. We're talking about taking the life of Jesus to people. You could see an opportunity and you have a moment thinking, oh, I could step in there. I, I, I could give generously. I could speak up. I could lay hands. I could pray. I could give some words of wisdom. I could, I could play my part. And then you have that whisper. Yeah, but last time you did that, didn't go well, did it? 
And eventually you just talk yourself out of it. What was the weapon? The whisper. How about shut the stupid whisper up? Turn the whisper off and start saying, no, but I believe I'm forgiven. I believe God's got a good plan for me still. I believe I'm a child of God and I'm empowered to do some great stuff. And I'm just going to have a go and step in and believe you'll back me. Come on, someone. Your history can so easily become a blockage. But let's live life looking forward, not looking back. Let's learn the lessons of the past, but choose today on going forward because I want to be available when God says, Dan Mills, step in. Emma Mills, step in. Peter Abrams, step in. I want you to be ready. And to be ready, you need to have settled it in your mind that my history is not holding me. The things I've done wrong in the past aren't holding me because I'm forgiven, I'm a child of God, and I'm empowered. Yes? Generational history. Tricky one. You ever got to the point where you look, you can see cycles that, that your granddad got somewhere and, 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 and then your dad got somewhere and then you look at your life and actually you're, you're living an almost identical life. We can see cycles. It, it's true. It's, it's true in our appearance. It's so true often in our actions. It's often true in the way our life pans out. But I want to say when Jesus went to the cross, he broke cycles. He broke cycles. Cycle, generational cycles don't have the last say. Jesus has the last say. So if ever you felt like, oh, I'd really like to have a go at that, but I know my dad tried that or my mum tried that. She told me once that her mum tried it. It's, it. That's just our family. You know, it's how we live. We'll always be at this poverty line. We'll always live, have this kind of job. We'll always have these health issues. You know, marriages in our families tend to break down. There's these generational things, but I want to say at the cross that was broken over you. And so don't let generational history be a blockage to you. Let it flow. The last one I want to just get you thinking about. The opposite to the Fab Four. Fear, worry, anxiety, and insecurity. I think these four things are massive in this particular moment in history. We've looked at these you know, states of mind that people are living in. And I think so often... We have an opportunity and we get fearful. We overthink it. We get anxious. We become insecure. To say, you know, who am I in the overall scheme of things? And we talk ourselves out of it. It's that whisper again which brings fear, worry, anxiety and insecurity. But we have to stand on the truth. And the truth is this. You are a uniquely gifted, Holy Spirit empowered child of God who's absolutely awesome and can do all things in Christ. That's your truth. So if you hear a whisper saying anything contrary to that, untangle, you're not having me, and I'm going to flow. And here's the thing, let's be real, because I guarantee you, me and the rest of you, we will try some things this year that won't go great. But you know what? I'm still going to try, because the next time it'll go great. How many people have had a healing ministry and they've prayed for hundreds of people and didn't see a dicky bird, but then the hundredth person was healed? Somewhere you've just got to have some guts to say, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to keep trying. If it doesn't go right, I'm going to laugh because God still loves me anyway and I go again and I go again and I go again and eventually there's a flow. Can we encourage each other? You know, if you're not in a connect group, I encourage you, get in a connect group because we're going to be talking about these stories in your small group. Six or seven people saying, how was your week? Have you challenged yourself to get into the flow? Are you making great choices? All this kind of stuff. We need accountability for each other. Yeah, it's helpful. On many occasions, biblically speaking, we find people who'd found themselves blocked in life 
approaching Jesus. You know, there was the centurion whose son was dying. And he just went to Jesus. My life is blocked. His life's ebbing from him. He goes to Jesus. And Jesus says, oh, come. And he says, you don't need to come. Just say the word because I'm a man under authority. I know how it works. And Jesus spoke the word and he was healed that very day. He was unblocked. Why? Because he went to Jesus. There was blind Bartimaeus. And he sat at the corner and he was begging all the time and asking people for money. But he heard that Jesus was coming. And so he knew that Jesus was the healer. And so here he's blocked in life with his blindness. And he was going, Jesus, listen to me, help. And they were like, shut up, Bartimaeus, shush, pipe down. No way, Jesus, I want some people to start piping up. Jesus, we need you. And what happened? He met Jesus. Jesus did a few weird things, didn't he? Got some mud, spat on it, rubbed it in his eye. It's the way to go. Then he won for some healing. But he healed him. And there's the woman with the, who couldn't stop bleeding. She had the issue of blood. And she heard Jesus was coming. And she was cast out of society, but she had all these people and she just pushed through. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his coat, if I could get to Jesus. And she does, and she touches him. And she's healed instantly. She had a million and one reasons not to push through, but she pushed through. And I want to say this, you might have a million and one reasons not to push through today, but if you'll push through, Jesus wants to unblock your flow. Because there's something good in you that people need to see. And they need to see you flowing in who you were always called to be. These people approach Jesus. You can too. Amen? There are other things, I'm sure, but there's four for you to get thinking about in terms of blockage. What about this idea of having no banks? Remember the Ezekiel vision? He says, I walked along, it was ankle deep and knee deep and waist deep. And and then he took me to the banks. And the, the banks are important because... The banks allow flow in the same direction, don't they? If you took the banks away, there's no direction, and the force of water in the end just spreads it out sideways, and it becomes a sludge. Marshland, not attractive, wrong. It's the banks which allow directional flow. I want to use a really famous passage, which is often the vision passage, here in Proverbs 29 and verse 18. It says this, where there is no revelation... And some passages say where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And what this is, is if you've had a revelation that I want to head over there, you have to make choices, which means I can't go over there and I can't go over there because I'm going there. Yeah? If you've got a vision to say I want to head in this direction, you have to choose to head in this direction, which means not going over there or over there. For instance, if you're someone who wants to buy your own property, we all know you have to have a mammoth deposit nowadays. You you have to be earning the right income to prove you can pay it back. So you could be here thinking, that's where I'm going. I want to own my own property. So what I can't do now is every night go to the pub and spend all my money. Because I will never get there because I'll keep spending my money. What you can't do is think, well, I'm not going to study and I'm not going to pursue a career and I'm not going to work hard because to get the mortgage for my house, I've got to be earning the right money. So I can't go over here thinking I won't bother with work. You see, vision causes restraints. I need to save. I need to position myself to go that way. And I can only go that way. If I go that way, it's just not going to happen. Some people might want to get fit. And you think to yourself, I want to get fit. 2022 is the year of my being being fit. Well, that means you can't have that 15th pie. (laughs) That means you probably need to get good sleep. 
that means you probably need to do some form of exercise on a regular and consistent basis. So, so you can't go off here eating and drinking what you want. You can't go off here staying up late so you're tired all the time. You have to decide that's where I'm going. And you create restraints or banks. Can you hear me? And it causes flow. Same with every er other area of your life. You know, it's funny, um, I say it's funny, about four or five years ago, um, in town we were running a, a thing for, um, for the homeless people in our town to, to have a warm night in the coldest months of the year. I think it was uh, December, January, February. Um, imagine being homeless in their months when it's you know, minus something through the night. And so a, a gang of churches got together and one of the churches opened their hall and, uh, and we had a rotor of people coming to sleep in so that the homeless guys could have a hot meal at night, uh, an overnight stay and a breakfast in the morning. It was brilliant. It, it's Marilyn in the house today. Uh, look at Marilyn at the back. Give Marilyn a little, little clap for Marilyn, please. I'm, I'm about to talk to you about Marilyn. And uh, Marilyn was one of the senior persons to organize this, oversee and run it. And uh, I think for at least half the amount of time, she was the lady who oversaw the night she, in person. She was there. And uh, I went and, and stayed a few times. And uh, I've got to say, Marilyn is scary. <laughs> These homeless people were coming in, and uh, the rules were you, you finish your dinner by a certain time. You could chat and, and play with your, your games or watch a film or go out and have a fag and all these kind of things. But, but, but uh, uh, whatever, to, let's, let's call it nine o'clock. At nine o'clock that we're in, we're closing the doors, you have to be in. You know, uh, what was happening is at, at two minutes to nine, they're coming to Marilyn. They go, Marilyn, I just want to pop out. No. Doors are closed. No. I'm like, oh, could I, I know it's nearly bedtime, but can I just have another cup of tea? No. Not another cup of tea. It's bedtime. In the morning. Lights up, here we go, breakfast is up, everyone. Oh, I'm just sliding. No, get up, eat your breakfast or get out. <laughs> and I chatted to Marilyn afterwards. As a good Christian lad. I said, Marilyn, you're proper harsh. Where's the love in that? And she gave me this brilliant answer. She said this. She said, the thing those people need more than anything else is boundaries. They live lives without any boundaries. They don't have to wake up at a certain time. They don't have to go to bed at a certain time. They don't have to be at a place at a certain time. They don't need to earn money. They just plod through life, and they've got themselves into a stage where they can do what they want, wherever they want, and it's a sludge. They love it, and they did. I went there several times. They loved Marilyn. They really loved Marilyn. Do you know why? Because she gave them boundaries. Round of applause for Marilyn. She's awesome. Those potentially brilliant men and women who were in an unfortunate situation would actually start to flow if they created some boundaries. And Marilyn was a starting point. So, so good. So it gets us asking questions. If we're, our vision this year is to flow like a river out of the temple, what does that actually look like in terms of us and boundaries? And you have to take your personal responsibility. I can't do it all. We have to do it together. You need to say, I am playing my part. If we're going to have a picture of a river, we're all some droplets. And when we get together, there's a great big river coming together. It can't just be me or just you. It's got to be all of us together. So what does flowing with the Holy Spirit look like? Well, I want to suggest you need to start making rhythms in your life where you give the Holy Spirit some attention. Who knows that relationship takes time and effort? 
You know, if, if I'm, I'm married to my wife, Sarah, if I spoke to her once a week, it's not a great relationship. She might prefer it, but it's not a great relationship. And so often I think we come to church on a Sunday and we praise God and we pray and we go home. And it's not that you stop believing, but you don't give it any attention. And how can you really be in the flow if you're not going to give it any attention? So can I challenge you in terms of creating restraints? What are you doing with your time? And how much time are you willing to say, Holy Spirit, I want to get to know you better? How much time are you going to say, speak to me? And do you know the thing about hearing from the Holy Spirit? It's really easy. Jesus doesn't come and go, learn to hear from me. Have you seen that picture that's out there somewhere where, you know, someone's looking for Jesus and you can see him hiding behind the curtains, his feet are sticking out. Have you seen that one? They're walking, there's just this picture of this curtain, this pair of sandaled feet, obviously it'd be sandals, wouldn't it? Sandaled feet sticking out. It's like, where's Jesus? <laughs> Jesus isn't hiding so you can't find him. Jesus wants you to find him. The Holy Spirit isn't sneaking off going... Ask me to speak to you, and I'm going to talk to you like this. He is going to speak to you in a way that you understand. He is going to speak to you in a way that goes, yes, that's the problem. I hear, I hear God through all kinds of things. I might be praying. My, my shower time is a good prayer time for me. I think God loves it. My shower is a good time for me. And uh, I, I'll pray, and, and then I, I just, you know, being quiet so important. How many people pray and 99% of your prayer is you doing the talking? Speak to me, God. Please speak to me, God. Could you speak to me? I've got this going on today, God, and this relationship is not very good, God. Could you please speak to me? Well, he's saying, oh, shut up then. Let me speak to you. <laughs> How about calm down? Lord, let me hear from you today. Quiet's uncomfortable, isn't it? But sometimes we just need to be quiet. Two ears, one mouth. What happens with me is I'll get in the car, having had a little prayer moment in the morning, uh, and I'll get in the car, and I'll see like a billboard. And it'll be something advertising something random. But what I've been praying about, some weird ways linked to that billboard. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you, Jesus. You just spoke to me through the billboard. You know, and that's what happens for me. I'm not saying that will happen, but you, you might be talking to someone about something completely random, about something that's important to you, and they speak, and you go, and you just know, you know, you know, that's God speaking to you. We need to develop restraints to say, I need to hear you. I need to commune with you. I want to create disciplines in my life so that when I need to flow, I'm in the flow. Amen? What's your worship time like? What's your prayer life like? Consistently. And I know their challenges. And do you know why I know their challenges? Because there's a whisper. Oh, I know he says that's not really that important, is it? You believe in Jesus, that's good enough. And at one level it is good enough. But to be in the flow, you're never going to be sharp unless you're going to give God the time to say, I need to know you better. So, so important. Can we do that together? I could do X, Y, or Z with my time, but my boundaries and banks say, I'm not going to do that. I'm creating a discipline so that I flow in the right direction. Are you with me? Will you address it? Um, uh, Dave Watson, who's uh, relatively new in church now, almost not a newbie now, mate, you've been here a while, part of furniture. And um, after last week's message, he was inspired, and he sent me this little video of these surfer dudes um, creating this wash so that they could surf on, on the beach. And um, it's, it's 11 minutes long, so buckle down. 
no, no. Uh, so what I've done is I just spliced out about a minute of it. Um, and I hope you just see the picture of what creating banks does. Have a look at this. Maybe give you some help, Blair. Oh. Oh, no, that's going to go. Dang it, this oh. looks like a lot of work. Basically, right, you take it. Take it, Brad. Here. That's it? Tired already? Poop. Absolutely poop. I think I might do it though. I think we might be good to go. Look up there. Whoa. That might be it. <laughs> Moment of truth. Hey, no, don't cave in the side. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, How cool is that? I really enjoyed seeing Noah before he had his hair cut. And, uh, <laughs> abuse a teenage boy. I love that. And I hope in many ways that gives you a picture of what could happen with us. Here we are with this vision. Could we say, Lord, I want to play my part and get it in the flow? Could we then start to dig some banks and then just a little trickle happens? And they even got excited about the trickle, didn't they? This little trickle starts to happen. But I love it. As the trickle happened, the banks got wider. And what happened? Life started to happen. They started to have fun. They were surfing. They were doing all this stuff. What a great picture. Wouldn't it be great? If come December, here we are in, in February thinking about this little trickle. Wouldn't it be great in December if we're all on the surfboards going, yeah, God's good, man. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Even Dan might have grown long hair by then. <laughs> I serve the God of miracles. But can you picture it? Can you picture it? Come on, will you play your part and get in the flow? And what that really means, boiling it down, is getting a relationship with the Holy Spirit and being available to him and saying, do what you need to do in me. I'm taking this seriously. I want to be available to your purposes. And here's the thing. When you start studying God's word about people who actually got in the flow, about people who actually entertained a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's exciting. I'm going to give you four quick passages. Acts 4 and verse 31. After they prayed... The place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Everyone say boldly. One of the things that happens to God's people when they get full of the Holy Spirit is we get bolder. The whisper that talked us out of it has no voice now because now I'm bold. Shut your face, I'm moving forward. Are you with me? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive 
power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power. Turn to the person next and say power. The Holy Spirit brings power. It's not just little old me trying stuff in my own strength. It's the power of Almighty God working through me. All things are possible. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. Now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Everyone say freedom. Not in a Scottish voice. <laughs> Romans 15, verse 13, last one. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In your loudest voice, shout, hope. hope. So here we have this picture of walking with the Holy Spirit, which causes me and you to be bold, have power, live in freedom, and carry hope. That's a good life. And that is the life we are called to. Do you know where it starts? Creating banks, unblocking the issues, and being willing. Will you play your part? Will you do it? Could we be a church that God looks at and says, yes, yes, get in it? Because I was inspired by what Matt brought in that communion message because the world issues right now seem so big and far away, what could little old me do? But it starts off with a trickle and it gets deeper and wider. Wouldn't it be awesome if people like me and you actually could make a difference in those situations because we've learned to flow with the Holy Spirit? We can, and it's important that we consider those things. There is so much to do in this world and me and you carry the answer. Our biggest question is, will we? Will we? Will we flow? All of heaven is cheering us on right now. Jesus is saying, choose life. And mark this, he's not judging you for your past mistakes or our frustrations or our hurts. In fact, he's healing us and allowing us to flow. He can use people like me and you. Let's get unblocked. Let's create our banks and let's be the awesome bunch of people that God's always called us to be. Amen. We'll, we'll praise in a moment, but here's what I want to offer you. If you're a praying person in our church, I'd like you to come forward during that last song. And I want to give opportunity for people to come forward and say, I want to, in an act of prayer and an act of faith, unblock these things that have got me. As an act of prayer, an act of faith, I wanted to say today I'm causing boundaries, creating them, and I'm going to stick to them. And on one hand, coming forward is not the be all and end all, but I think sometimes it's a marker in the sand for you to say, I'm coming forward as my first step. But I want to be available. Amen. I'm going to pray, then we'll worship together. Maybe the worship team can make their way up. And then um, as we close down, I'll give you that opportunity to come forward. Oh, sorry, yeah, Jenny. Hello. Um, I'll take this off. Um, while Barry was speaking, I really felt the Spirit of the Lord really prompt me with a word for us. There's many believers sitting here today. There's many believers watching, and there will be those of you who will believe. But um, God was showing me it's high so much in what you're asking us to do, Barry. Um, and he, he reminded me of the man who was sitting at the at the um, pool of Bethesda. 
And that, I, I don't know if any of you have watched The Chosen, if you haven't, I highly recommend it, but it really illustrates this, and I really feel the Spirit of God has highlighted this. For 38 years, that man was sitting there, hoping for his breakthrough, hoping for his healing, hoping that his life would change. And he was a believer because he believed in that water. And every now and again, a messenger would come down from heaven, stir the water, and he never got there. And I really believe the Spirit of God is saying that there are some of you saying, I never get there. I never get there. Always seems to be somebody else. Your desire is for that. Your desire is to get to the water. Your desire is to make the change and to step into what God is doing in the now. But you never get there. And I really believe that as Jesus did in that case, he went to him and he said, do you want to be healed? Do you want breakthrough? Do you want your life to be changed? Do you want to see things change in this earth? We know the world is chaotic, but God isn't. We know the world is shaking. God is unshakable. But Jesus is standing before you, and I believe this is what the Spirit of God is speaking to us individually. And to me, to people listening and people who will listen, do you want this? And if you do, today, do not harden your hearts. Today, trust him as that man trusted Jesus. And Jesus said very specifically, do you want this? Knowing he'd never got there. And today, as Jesus said to him, stand up, pick up your mat, whatever that may be, and be healed and have your breakthrough. Amen. So good. How about we get to our feet, church? I'm going to pray, then we're going to worship, and then the meeting will close down, but please come forward if that's helpful to you. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for all you're doing. We accept the challenge. We come to you with a yes in our hearts that says, use me. I choose to get in the flow. Unblock me where I'm blocked. I'll make choices of discipline to create banks. But let me be in the flow with you to play my part. And all God's people said, Amen.